Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. I'm excited today because I'm doing an in-person interview. I like these better. <laughs> I like these so much better. I'm here with Brandon Warren. He is with We Live. It's an organization designed to help reduce teen violence. He also is the brand spanking new book author of Be Inspired. Brandon, nice to see you. Thank you for having me. You are... I, you Okay, you don't look... 19. Are you 19 or 20 yeah, now? 19. Okay. So you, 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 you have a, a mature way about you. I'm sure you right. heard that. But um, what do you want to start with first? We Live and why We Live or the book? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, We Live is ultimately what started my story. So uh, definitely We Live. In 2017, that's when I lost a friend and teammate of mine by the name of Dejan Anderson to uh, gun violence. And um, what what's so... Um, devastating to me um, with that tragedy is that um, I received the news notification as soon as it happened. I was woken up um, May 6, 2017, and I read that notification, and it was, um, it read on the west side of Indianapolis, and me being a Far East Side kid, um, automatically made the assumption that it's none of my friends, none of my um, loved ones that I know because, you know, I have no ties to the west side of Indianapolis. Hours later, uh, the next morning, I find out that it's um, teammates and friends of mine, and um, one passed on scene, and one eventually passed two weeks later. Um, I knew something had to be done because automatically, for one, I made the assumption that you know it wasn't on my side of town, so it was nobody that I knew. So that automatically showed me that you know if it was nobody that I was affected by, that you know it's careless, you know that I'm careless um, in regards to anyone else, and things shouldn't be that way. And ultimately, I realized that I'm not the only one um, that has um, shown that same type of. Um, you know, non-charismatic approach, and as well as um, anything can happen on any side of town. So um, driven by those two different, um, you know, predicaments um, based off of the shooting, um, that's when I was ultimately motivated to start We Live. You know, I think even within that statement, and this is by no means me passing judgment, but Mm -hmm. like, were desensitized. Yeah. Hey, there was a shooting. Oh, it was on the east side. I mean, exactly. Was, uh, we're good. Yeah. And um, we were talking about some uh, uh, two of our other acquaintances on, on mm-hmm. things that they've lived through. And mm-hmm. you hear something on TV, and you may be upset for like 30 seconds. Exactly. Like, oh, that's terrible. Exactly. Um, matter of fact, one of my favorite podcasts I ever did was with episode two. It was with Jeff Hoffman. And he was even saying he was one time watching TV. Mm-hmm. And he was... Um, it was a news report on this battered women's shelter had ran out of money and they were going to evict these ladies within the month. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff is wealthy. Mm-hmm. And so finally he's like, man, somebody ought to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he realized, and he says he has a plaque on it on his door to this day. He says, mm-hmm. there is no they. Mm-hmm. They should do something about it meant he should do something exactly. about it. And he had that call to action. Exactly. So I, I like that. You know, your first reaction was, oh, it's a shame. Well, it wasn't my neighborhood, so we're exactly. good. Um, so what was the steps? I mean, you had, like, the shooting happened, and then... And, I mean, you know, even bouncing off of that, you know, that ultimately is what, you know, that I carry with myself each and every day of the steps. Um, each and every day of starting this organization, I realized that, you know, those were my same first thoughts. Ultimately, you know, when I first started this, um, you know... The first thing I actually did was I went to um, my principal and I said, you know, hey, I came up with this idea and someone should run forth with it. And then he told me to tell 
um, our student council leader. And, you know, I'm ultimately telling these, um, you know, leaders of my school so they can um, assign this, you know, to themselves or to another student. And ultimately, you know, it it become a thing. And, you know, weeks went by and, you know, days went by and nothing happened. I realized that, you know, if anyone's going to start this, then it needs to be me. And ultimately, instead of waiting on someone, why not do it myself? So after those steps, things became very simple. Yeah. No, this is one of those classic, man, I hate to say this. (laughs) When I went... Again, no no disrespect towards mm-hmm. anybody, but mm-hmm. when when somebody's like watching um, Shark Tank, mm-hmm. they'd be like, "Oh man, I thought of that right. three years ago." <laughs> exactly. I thought of that three years ago, and I'm like, "What did you do with it?" No, I thought about it. <laughs> so the fact that you're like, "Hey, somebody ought to do something," and mm-hmm. you threw it up to you know school or administrators or whatever, and they're like, and and and, and no disrespect, they may have been busy, mm-hmm. they may have had other things. So you're like, okay, I must do this. That's step one. That's that's incredible. So like, what was your first inkling? Like, apply for a nonprofit status. What was it going to be? Mm-hmm. What is Be Live? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go. And so for me, um, I felt as if the best first steps that I could do is ultimately do my homework and do my research. So I started to do research on people that could, you know, help me create a youth-led initiative that ultimately would create a peace walk uh, throughout the city that would invite everyone. And, you know, from there, um, I discovered, you know, the power of politicians, the power of, you know, IMPD officers. You know, I mentioned all these people that have, you know, the proper pool and proper persuasion through our city and streets and access to our streets that, you know, ultimately, um, you know, help my uh, vision become a reality. So from there, you know, I reached out to many different politicians, many different law enforcement um, representatives throughout the city that, you know, I fell under the umbrella under. And the first people to reach out to me was ultimately Too High, the Department of Justice. So they reached out to me and uh, we scheduled a meeting and uh, they basically, in the end of the meeting, uh, connected me with the um, city of Indianapolis to create uh, my vision. And, you know, from there, you know, I'm forever grateful of that meeting. I'm forever grateful of the politicians throughout Indianapolis that helped me, um, you know, ultimately succeed when it came to starting my first ever peace walking initiative. And, you know, August 10th of 2017, my vision became a reality. My vision of having a peace walk that, you know, would walk centrally downtown. We stopped in front of the juvenile center and um, we concluded with uh, many different speakers. And we also commu- uh, concluded with a community day because ultimately I wanted to create unity. I realized on social media and uh, throughout my peers, throughout my um, school, throughout my city that we were broken, that we were Um, that there was no unity, that um, we were broken mentally and physically. Uh, We had no hope, man. You know, I wanted to create that unity. I wanted to uh, bring together two sides of town. I wanted to bring together um, two school arrivals. I wanted to bring together multiple schools throughout, um, you know, interscholastic Indianapolis. So um, to be able to create this initiative um, on such short timing, um, because it was ultimately from June to August of 2017 when this vision first became a dream and into a reality, um, you know, it's just amazing to look back on and see that, you know, this actually happened. So I, I think without a doubt, I'm sure a lot of people were surprised because of your age mm-hmm. and maybe even they took it like, whoa, this is cool because of your age. Exactly. Did you ever though feel that it was not being taken as seriously because of your age? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, many, many different times, especially, I would say more so as time went on, um, you know, after the Peace Walk, when I found myself involved in many different uh, meetings, events, um, you know, I found myself in rooms with um, people that had a lot, a little bit more different pool than me, a little bit a little bit more power, you know, whether it's politicians, officers, um, you know, educators or whatever um, the case may be, um, you know, ultimately I felt as if many people respected what I did and they respected my movement more than they expected, um, you know, my goals, more than they um, respected my, you know, anticipation with it all. That was my fear. I mean, I, I, people have very short attention spans and media cycles are short. Um, one of my, my good friends played college basketball mm-hmm. and uh, at a Big Ten school, so got some press. Mm-hmm. And in, he always remarked, in season, everybody was his boy. Mm-hmm. What's up? You're my boy. I saw you on TV. <laughs> when the season wasn't in there, no one cared. Mm-hmm. They didn't like him mm-hmm. in some regards. And so that was one of my fears is, though, like during the media cycle of this, the tragic event, you doing something about it, those are exciting sound bite moments. Now here it is two years later, and you're wanting to extend this. Um, what are some of the obstacles that you are facing because the media cycle is so short? Yeah, and you know, it's, it's especially noticeable um, being a millennial because, um, you know, I mean, it's m- many different young people move off grievance and so when when things first happen you know they're they're all everybody wants to you know step up be a part and things like that everybody you know wants to um, join forces with you but you know two years later you know you see that that flock fall off oh hold on i gotta i gotta interrupt <laughs> you on that one no if the matter of fact one of our mutual friends robert that was uh, yeah. that's one of his things that he is bugged by is that people are outraged call out culture while it's great to identify a problem, matter of fact, we were joking around. There was like this commercial for a credit card, and it was like they had credit monitoring that you had fraud, and they're like, "Oh, we don't do anything about the fraud. We just let you know that it's fraudulent." And they're like, mm-hmm. "What kind of service is that?" Right. Awareness doesn't like it's a start. Exactly. And so I, I, I totally agree that that is that is a, an issue that some of my friends have been dealing with is that that whole call out, hey, there's a problem here. It feels good. Yeah. People jump on the bandwagon and like, okay, now there's work to do. Then where they're at. Crickets. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, I'm gonna let you go back because I had <laughs> I didn't stop you on that one because yeah. I, I totally agree. That's that's the hard part of the hard part. That first, it's exciting. We started something new. Movement mm-hmm. is there. The real, the real work after it is much harder. So again, what are what are some of the 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 hurdles you're having to jump through other than call out culture? Yeah, and you know, let's let's even jump to the you know more so adult side. You know, the support side, mm-hmm. especially within um, you know our schools. You know, there's many different people. Um, you know, that have the, you know, power to be, you know, people like you that have a power to, you know, assist, you know, students with certain objectives like this and things like that. Um, but, you know, as time goes on again, as years go on, um, since, you know, the first um, days of the shooting, since, you know, the first days of We Live branding off, um, you know, many different people um, from adults to kids to whoever, 
um, they fall off. Um, you know, they, they run out of fuel. They, you know, one day when it first started, they're all for, you know, how to support, how to help, how can they be a part. And, you know, once, like you said, once they realize his work or, you know, once they um, see, um, I guess, you know, the transparency of it all, you know, many different people fall off. And, you know, it's it's not no, you know, it's, it's no hard work. It's no work that you necessarily wouldn't enjoy. It's no work, you know, truly, I do, I truly do believe that, you know, work is only hard when you really don't enjoy it. You know, it's kind of like when you wake up every day for work, you know, it's going to be hard if you don't enjoy what you do each and every day. You know, of course, many different people have difficult days and difficult times. And this work, there's many different difficult days and difficult times being an activist and, you know, um, creating events and, you know, ultimately, you know, telling yourself that, you know, your your ideas is working, that your events is working, making a difference and things like that, you know, trying to create, um, come up with different in, innovative ways to um, keep your young people um, socially aware about gun violence to, you know, convince them and persuade them other ways to step up and uh, speak out. But, um, you know, many different people, um, fall short of that as time goes on. You know, I just got a thought in my head because in some ways we have a, a similar problem. So sometimes I'll do conferences mm-hmm. and uh, I'll talk about, you know, what education needs to do to change and innovation, entrepreneurship. These are the things that are coming, especially in really in high demand. And then a lot of times I realize you're trying to convert the already converted. The people that show up to teacher conferences are spending their summer beautiful days at a conference. They're already invested. They already want change. Reaching those superintendents, principals, other teachers who love status quo, that's where the real work is. So, like, people that, and no disrespect, the people that show up to peace rallies are already peaceful. Yep, they already care. How are you, so this is a question, how are you reaching your, like, I would assume your customer base, the people mm-hmm. you're really wanting to serve, mm-hmm. probably don't listen. like you yeah, exactly. or listen. Uh-huh. How, how do you reach them? And, you know, that, that kind of brings us into uh, my most recent thing. That's when I, you know, I, I had that same thought. You know, I, I came a, um, you know, each and every day I want to, you know, better myself. Each and everything I do in life and, you know, my activism and We Live is things I ultimately want to better myself in. And, you know, I was, um, I came to a thought, um, you know, in the fall of last year of how can I, how, how can I make a larger impact myself? How can I reach those um, certain people at a grassroots level, um, you know, what many people would consider at-risk youth that I refer to as at-promised, um, how can I reach them? And um, not only that, how can I reach them, but how can I better them? And so that's when I became, that's when I thought of a form of a book. Um, you know, when you when you read, you know, you automatically think knowledge. Anytime somebody reads, you're becoming more knowledgeable, as long as you're, you know, readers, you know, consider that. And, you know, if I can put my story, put what I do in a book form, if I can put, you know, how, you know, I've turned tragedies into, um, you know, blessings, how, you know, I've, um, you know, been in similar situations as my friends, but I've ended up, you know, still here, healthy, live, you know, um, successful, whatever the case may be, put that in a book form, and I try to educate those same young people, um, you know, that's how, you know, I reach them now, you know, trying to, um, you know, reach them when, you know, they're unreachable and how I can reach people with a book is in classrooms, honestly. Yeah. And getting more here in the book here in a second, but I also will say like, 
the reason why you are inspired, you have something to work towards. And I, and I have often felt that like, you know, we're in the entrepreneurship space and igniting that desire to want to be you to be creator. You know, we, uh, we have a, a saying or at Started Out Foundation, we want to create seekers and peakers, not moaners and groaners. Mm-hmm. You're similar. You know, seekers, they are seeking out opportunities. And when you get a group of those people that want to create opportunities, they can they collectively can peek around the corner. They start sharing information. They start looking at trends. And they can go, oh, heck, this is going to be a thing later on. Those are peakers. Moaners and groaners, though, it's hard to reach them because going back to your issue, like call out culture. If all you see is negative in the world, if you were spending hours, and, and do not get me wrong, I don't. there's a lot of politics. Like, I get it. But people that are obsessing hours over what did Trump say today, probably something stupid. No matter what side you're on, if that's all you want to see is the negative, you're just moaning and groaning. So back again to your customer base that you're trying to to help, um, how, how does one reach people that might not want to be reached yet because uh, you know i you're you're mentioning like schools or are you finding some partnerships in schools or are you um you know like how do you get this book into more kids hands things of that nature um each and every way that i can find my foot in the door you know it's this is such a hard um you know when i first got in this work i thought it was gonna be so much easier you know i thought many people you know Gun violence is wrong. At the end of the day, everybody should agree with me. You know, if I want to get this in type inside of schools, they're going to be, oh, great, you're right, gun violence is wrong. And it's totally opposite. So each and every way that I can just find my foot in the door, any type of avenue through one person, through one connection, um, you know, another way that, you know, I've ultimately um, been trying to reach my younger audience, my young people, you know, I'm starting to think of what appeals to my young people. And, you know, I, I'm asking myself that and I, look in my hand, my cell phone is in my hand. And one way that I appeal to my young people is um, by self cellular device. So each and every day, one of the things that I do is I send um, through a texting gap um, daily motivation uh, through my peers who sign up. And ultimately those become reposted, those become um, across people timelines that you know are ultimately the kids that I try to reach. And you know that that's just one of the steps how I try to reach them. Um, many different mentorships, many different um, avenues through schools that I'm connected through. But you know, with the book just now starting up, you know, I have high hopes and high anticipation with it. And you know, one of the things that I'm ultimately um, that I will be seeking for is uh, sponsors to uh, sponsor these books in different schools that um, need the most. Yeah, let's get into that. So Be Inspired is the book. You can find it on Amazon. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, in 2017, around September, um, I was ultimately inspired to uh, write this book. And this book is a true memoir um, since 2017, May of 2017, when I first found out my friends were gunned down. And um, since 2017, you know, I've been at the top many times, been around the country, won many different accolades and awards. And, you know, that's great and all. And, you know, those are things that's highly publicized throughout Indianapolis, throughout the state, throughout the country. But what many people don't realize is that, you know, I'm a mere reflection as, as any other young person that lives today. And every young person is a mere reflection of each other, whether they're, you know, 
know, um, they find themselves incarcerated, they find themselves, um, you know, deceased, or whether they find themselves successful. Many young people don't realize that ultimately each and every day we're faced with challenges and we're faced with options. We're faced with options to go A or B, and many of us choose the ultimate, um, you know, alternative route that can end up in the wrong situations. Well, you know, with flesh and everything else, you know, we're ultimately sometimes, you know, persuaded to go down the wrong route, but, you know, have to be corrected down the right route. And, you know, just more times than, um, just more times than wrong, you know, I've chose the right route. And, you know, I'll talk about these same situations in my memoir, how I similar and how ultimately we can, um, you know, inspire each other and ultimately we can um, be inspired ourselves to um, possibly create an initiative just like I did. Well, I love that answer so much. One, because I mean, obviously, you know this, most people listening to this podcast know this, we support young entrepreneurs and obviously we, we want to help you and, and support you. But that <laughs> your first statement of like, who could be against this? Exactly. And I like, this has to be successful. It's, it's, it, but it's been harder than I, and I was like, said every entrepreneur ever. Um, and I have to ask this because I know what the answer is, unfortunately, that I think there's an old saying, it's kind of a snarky saying, no good deed goes unpunished. I'm assuming you also have your detractors, even though you're trying to, to, to help people. The, some of the naysayers, some of the haters, has that been fuel for you? Does it bother you? What? Yeah, you know, um, it, it kind of varies. Um, certain things can, you know, get under my skin. Certain things can, um, you know, be, you know, complacent because, you know, one of the main different things um, that I face with is living in two different generations. I'm living in a younger generation that has lots of judgment <laughs> and, you know, you, you're going to get 50, 50, you know, some that support yeah. you, they're either going to all the way support you or they're all the way going like not support you. It's like nothing in the middle, but you know, then again, you know, I'm a young, mature, young adult who's, you know, supported by many, um, you know, at an older age level. And, um, you know, even then it's naysayers. And even then, um, you know, when you find time to, um, you know, create business partnerships and, you know, um, you know, look for sponsorships and, you know, actually certain people to support your cause, um, you know, hint, hint, politicians, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't always go in my favor as I've learned too many times now. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I have to ask this, I mean, it, it, and I'm not trying to stir up stereotypical things, mm -hmm. but a lot of times, uh, there is distrust of police officers mm -hmm. and you've been working with and rightfully so police officer has also, has that also caused problems and you've also been working with politicians exactly. and, and, and I, and, and I'm not talking nasty about either. Mm -hmm. uh, when people offer help, you, you take them up on it, but like how delicate has that been? And does that, yeah. What, what does that do ultimately to some of the people you're trying to help? Yeah, you know, that that's so delicate because, I mean, then I, you know, there's been times where I ask myself, so how do I look for one to my peers, my young people, the young people that I'm trying to attract, right. you know, and ultimately a lot of times, you know, like you said, not trying to create um, stereotype here, but 
many of those young people, you know, have distaste for, you know, law enforcement, have distaste for politicians. So to them, you know, like, is it like, do you really support us? Yeah, exactly. You're a sellout. Are you trying to help us or are you, you know, what are you doing? So many times, you know, there's been a question mark over my head by those same young people. And so it's not like, you know, I wake up every day and like, you know, I have to prove it to them, you know, why they should trust me. But, you know, ultimately, I have to give them reasons to trust me. I have to give both sides reasons to trust me. Yeah. If I want to be transparent and create transparency here, yeah. and that's ultimately what I'm trying to preach to many different educators, law enforcement, you know, and many different young people in my generation as well. If I'm trying to create that, then I have to uh, be transparent and I have to be, you know, sort of, um, you know, it's, I have to play both sides. You know, I have to, um, what I feel is right, what I feel is wrong. There's many things that I preach to my younger generation after conversations with law enforcement, politicians, and et cetera, educators, where I'm like, you know, hey, guys, these are things that, you know, will cause us to basically get in trouble. These are things that, you know, are, you know, causing our young younger generation um, a distaste from their level. And then I'm, I'm going to do the same things, and I do the same things to law enforcement, politicians, and educators. If you guys really want to understand us, if you guys really want to help us ultimately solve violence, then you need to understand us from this way. And that's the truest definition of transparency. That uh, was one of my favorite answers. No, I, I agree. Um, and and uh, although I will say, it, I think a lot of times when you have one-on-ones, it's a lot different. The, the um, mob mentality of the let's pile on everybody on both sides. I've seen like uh, on both sides, I, I like the pendulum swings of, you know, all co- like you'll see something terrible. A police officer will do something terrible and then the police officers are awful. Like, exactly. no, they're not. No, they're right. not. No, they're exactly. not. That guy was, or that woman was. Right. And, and, and on the other hand, there's been some times where people are like justifying stupid behavior from politicians or, or police officers when they're like, come on, just come on. But when you have private conversations, oftentimes there is that, I think a lot of people are logical. Because, you know, in, in, you know in, in some of the work I've done, yeah, there's this, you know, cops are terrible until you need it. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that when, you know, when all of a sudden, when it's your family member or somebody there and doing investigation, they can help you. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you have a different yeah. opinion, and so I'm sure by you living transparently and trying to show both sides of like, it's not all or all or nothing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a cooperative thing. That's that's got to be important. It, it kind of reminds me of growing up in school. There's many different things. After 12 years of going through uh, grad school, you know, um, I'm sorry, um, of um, K-12. Yeah, K-12, exactly. Uh, Not grad school. (laughs) Um, I've realized many different things growing up. So one of the things that bothered me growing up is how so quickly students could get in trouble. And, you know, I analyze. I'm like, okay, so how can students get in trouble with, they may get in trouble with this teacher um, quicker than that teacher. Or, you know, this teacher may be um, quicker to punish a student by doing X, Y, and Z than that teacher. And ultimately, you know, I make those connections to law enforcement and um, the governed people, you know, and ultimately um, think back to growing up in school. There's many teachers that, you know, I now look towards more with a lot more respect, a lot more, um, you know, ultimately more trust who instead of maybe punish punishing me or any other students down, um, you know, for certain 
um, for certain acts um, that could have easily been punishable, they've taught us a lesson. They've, you know, talked with us. They've, you know, understood things from our perspective. And I ultimately do believe that's where a lot of the disconnect is. So many people, um, you know, if you connect that to any different level, um, you know, law enforcement to, you know, the governed people, when people looked at, you know, they're so quick to arrest, so quick to judge, so quick to do whatever, then they're all bad. But, you know, when you have that one good officer, that one good, you know, you know, connecting to that one good teacher, you know, then then they're all, you know, it, you, you see a different side and yeah. you and you realize that, you know, it's not always like that. It, and I think that's what I'm excited about what you're trying to do. I mean, like, we've all seen those YouTube Facebook videos. You know, the police officer that goes to a call and brings a basketball and shoots baskets. The police officer that is pulls somebody over and jokingly says, I see your taillights out. You, right. you probably need to get that fixed. Here's $100. Those things shift the tide. But really what those are was opportunities to be together, opportunities to have conversations. We live was striving to do that, um, which I'm excited about. Uh, so as of right now, we live, you guys do these kind of events. What's next? Like, what, what is that challenge? I mean, how are you going to bring more people together? Um, you know, one of the main different things that I would consider to be as next is um, creating unity throughout our own communities. Mm -hmm. So um, the best impact that we live can have is the impact of, you know, their own direct communities. Right now, we live is in... Um, three or four different schools. So it's now those three or four different chapters um, ideal um, obligation to create that unity, to build those um, gaps, to bridge those gaps, to um, you know have those conversations with their educators and their students because you know now it's your job as we live members to be transparent enough. You're in the room with both sides. You're understanding both sides. You're playing that middleman. Not only that, but you know, you're law enforcement to community. You know, how can you, you know, you're you're now young, mature adults having these conversations with law enforcement officers and you're also living in these communities where, you know, you're understanding the things that you guys go through and ultimately that can, you know, um, help you guys' relationship um, be more, you know, um, ultimately be better. So, you know, in the individualized communities, um, you know, bridging those gaps. And um, this next year, there's going to be um, a definitely a larger call from action uh, from me, um, you know, at, at the level I'm at to my um, to my organization and my large body organization. There are different chapters on, um, you know, stepping up and speaking out and, you know, being the transparent um young adults that, you know, we're, we've all been called to be. Well, <laughs> you know that I'm, uh, you know, help 100% behind you. And obviously, I think a decent amount of people know that I do this podcast from Indianapolis, so mm -hmm. I will uh, happily uh, help in any, any way, shape, or form I can. Um, but also, people listening to this might also want to help. How can they find you? Mm -hmm. You know, obviously we talked about Be Inspired is on Amazon. They want to get a hold of Brandon, where they do it. Yep, so weliveinc.org is ultimately the page, so we live. Those are, um, on that page, you have opportunity to, you know, whether, you know, whether you want to contact me, whether you want to contact the organization, or whether you want to, um, you know, take charge and bring the organization to your own communities. Um, you know, also betheinspired.com is where you can reach me at or where you can reach um, different options of my book, whether it's on iBooks um, or um, any different publisher besides Amazon. And um, 
on that website, you'll find out many different uh, unique information um, about me as well and uh, the work that I do, advocacy work that I do, and um, ways that you can uh, benefit from my book and ways that you feel as if my book can be beneficial. I'm all for it. It has been a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, again, for those of you keeping score at home, Brandon's 19. <laughs> Uh, it is um, it is a pleasure to work and meet with people that are doing and not and not just call out and and uh, I appreciate you being appreciate you meeting me down here and uh, I love doing live interviews instead yeah. of over uh, but I appreciate you I appreciate what you're doing um, continued success in the future and uh, clearly we're going to be doing some stuff so uh, the best of luck to you.